On your Thursday episode of Locked On Raptors, the Toronto Raptors bench depth this season stunk. We, on today's show, are going to dig through players 9 through 17 on the Toronto Raptors roster from 2022-23 and determine with a little game whether they are a bench guy or whether we should say goodbye. That's all coming up on today's episode with Jamar Hines of Raptors Republic. Thanks so much for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on and welcome to another episode of locked on raptors part of the locked on podcast network your team every day today is thursday may the 4th something about star wars yada 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 i'm your host sean woodley i've been covering the toronto raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms you can find all my work over on twitter at woodley sean you can also follow the show on instagram at locked on raptors Follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts or in video form on YouTube. And, of course, the Locked On Raptors Discord is out of control, baby. Jump on in. The link is in the description. It's a lot of fun. Got lots of fake trades, mailbag question priority, uh, talking about the playoffs, everything in between. We started our Tears of the Kingdom Zelda channel chat last night as we dig into our excitement for the new Zelda game coming out next week. It's a wonderful time. Come hang out in the Locked On Raptors Discord. Again, link in the description where you're listening on audio or watching on video all right on today's show we're playing a parlor game one of my favorite types of episodes to do here on the show and the game today is called bench guy or goodbye it's a pretty simple concept there were a lot of guys on the raptors bench this past season who did not really contribute and help matters much it was very regularly a team with somewhere between six and eight players contributing sometimes even fewer than that and so today we're going to run through players nine through 17 and go one by want to determine whether or not we think they are a solution for the bench next season thus a bench guy or whether they should be done with the raptors and no longer in the mix therefore goodbye here to play the game is our pal jamar hines from raptors republic jamar how's it going buddy i'm pretty good man how are you i am doing wonderfully man it's uh you know the off season relaxing Looking forward to, uh, you know, we'll get into the draft stuff very soon here as we kind of wind down our end-of-season review shows. Um, but let's uh, let's dig in now, shall we, to the game. Bench guy or goodbye? Feel free to play along in the comments if you'd like and sort of go through whether you think each of these guys is a bench guy or not. Uh, we are going to talk later on about sort of the deeper bench guys. Ron Harper Jr., Thad Young, Delano Banton, Jeff Doughton Jr. But let's start... With, I think, maybe the easiest call on the board here, Jamar, Christian Coloco, who as a rookie was pretty okay. Uh, You know, he had his moments. He played a lot at the start of the season, kind of had a lot of G League time in the middle towards the end of the year. Um, His biggest impact, I think, you know, his biggest sort of statistical thing that pops off the screen is just when he was on the floor, the Raptors were excellent. You know, the on-off differentials for him, uh, best on the team outside of Jakob Pertl, obviously very small sample size, but kind of speaks to the idea that when the Raptors had a center on the floor, they were pretty darn good. So I ask you, Christian Coloco, after a rookie season in which he played a grand total of 58 games, started 19, averaged three points, three boards, a block, half an assist, and half a steal— 
Is Christian Coloco a bench guy, or are we saying goodbye to him this offseason, Jamar? Definitely uh, keeping um, on the bench. Mm -hmm. And I am excited to see his development uh, for the next season. You know, you know, like most rookies, got to bulk up a little bit more, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're going to play the center position. And, yeah, he, like you said, when he was on the court, you know, good things normally happen for the Raptors. Uh, his rib protection, yeah, I, I think, what was it, the game against Chicago where he was just blocking everybody at the beginning of the game? I think he finished <laughs> with, like, six blocks that game. Yeah. That was probably my favorite Coloco game because he was mm -hmm. just he just showed how much of a presence he can be on the defensive end. And uh, I, I assume he'd be back in summer league. You would think so, yeah. Yeah, you would think so. So that would be fun. That would be fun to check out. And, yeah, definitely, I mean – Second round pick, one in the second year. I, you know, just expect a little bit more play, a little bit more playing time. Maybe uh, depends, because mm -hmm. obviously, you know, not exactly what's going to go. Up, sure, what's going to go on with the roster, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, this was the easiest choice. Yeah, I think for me, there's a real chance the Raptors look at next season's sort of minutes allocation and realize, hey, we have like. Pretty close to 48 minutes of good center play here. I don't think Christian Cologo is going to be a finished product by any means, and I don't even think he's going to soak up all of the center minutes behind Jakob Pertl. But I think when you sprinkle in Coloco for 10, 15 minutes a game, you have Yak playing his you know, 30 minutes or whatever it's going to be, you can get pretty close. And then I also think like, you know, as much as Precious Achua isn't a great center and doesn't do center things, maybe he slots in sometimes as a small ball guy in more switchable looks. And then, you know, you have Scotty Barnes, who we saw this year. He was at his best when he was playing as a nominal center on offense and on defense, really, with his rim protection to sort of help defense at the rim. Um, you know, that's where he was at his best. And so you can kind of have him in, in different looks, maybe go small. And all of a sudden you have sort of, multiple different ways to play through your center spot. I think for Coloco, the thing that's got to improve most is just like the hands around the rim, um, you know, kind of being a more sort of forceful target on the roll, you know, the odd time they'd connect with him for a lob dunk or whatever, but for the most part, like kind of would catch the ball and kind of need a second to kind of figure things out. And I think, you know, that's the kind of stuff that comes with more reps, processing speed, timing, all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I think the thing that kind of gives me the most hope about Coloco is dude just knows where to stand. He knows what he's doing on defense. Like he mm -hmm. knows what like what the impact of his length is. And uh, I think he stands a very good chance of being a pretty capable backup center next season. So um, really kind of help fill in that depth. Yeah. One thing you brought up you know, his hands around the rim. That's something Yak could help a lot with because Yak sure. is great at that. He's great at we've talked about even when his uh first stint with the Raptors, we talked about how um how good a Yak is just, you know, cat just catching and going up. Well, whether it's just right under the rim or rolls or stuff like that. So that's always been yet one of Yak's strengths. So maybe he can sure. get a few pointers from Proto on that. Yeah, as a guy who I don't think profiles as a three-point shooter, despite hitting one, like, dagger three this season, it was his only made three of the year. He was one of 12 from deep on the year. Um, For, I think Yak I is a perfect dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, look, it's a forgettable season, man. It was a lot of... I know. Just I, was just thinking about my fa I was just thinking about my favorite moment from Coloc, and I was thinking about the block party, but I, I think yeah. I'll put the three over that because I was, like, to actually win the game. So, yeah. 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 And, and yeah, I mean, 
this whole season trying to think back to fun stuff. It's like trying to remember your favorite bite of like a Chipotle bowl. It's like it's all the same. Like it's all, <laughs> it's all just mush. Like it wasn't it wasn't awful. It wasn't good. It was fine. Um, that's the Raptors season in a nutshell. The uh, fast food bowl of uh, basketball teams. But yeah, I think Coloco for sure is going to be in the mix as a bench guy. And I'm pretty bullish on his sort of long-term outlook. I know people are worried about the trade that saw the Raptors drop down in the draft below the Walker-Kessler zone in order to get Coloco and Thad Young, obviously. Um, yeah. I think it's totally possible Christian Coloco ends up making that trade look completely fine because he's got a lot to offer. Um, actually, I think my favorite game watching him this year was the one I watched when I was down in Detroit when he was playing in the G League against uh, the Motor City Crews, I think that's what they're called. Um, and in that game, he was thrown like outlet passes and like a lot of really, really? nice like oh, kind of diamond passes. guys okay. up so i'm intrigued very much so by christian coloco uh let's quickly get to malachi flynn shall we um this guy's a goodbye for me i know he's under contract for next year he might be back but i think the spirit of this question is is he gonna help i don't think malachi flynn is helping this team get where it needs to go and don't tell me he hasn't got an opportunity because he has. He's played 144 games. He got 53 games of action this season, and he just doesn't do it enough for long enough stretches to ever warrant him being a regular piece of the rotation. Um, he doesn't shoot well from any of the zones on the floor where he would need to shoot well from in order to kind of be a on-the-ball pick-and-roll ball handler. 29% on pull-up twos, 32% on a super low volume of pull-up threes, 52.5% at the rim. That stinks. That's not good. And ultimately, I think if there is a pathway for him here, it's not as the pick-and-roll operator he was drafted as. He hasn't shown a capacity for that. He's shown some capacity to hit catch-and-shoot threes, 37% as a low-volume catch-and-shoot guy. Um, and, you know, I think with the sort of pops of defense you've seen, I think maybe his upside is like a less mean version of Javon Carter on the Bucks, and Javon Carter couldn't even get on the floor for a team that lost in five games in the first round. So I don't see it, man. Where are you at with Malachi Flynn? Bench guy or goodbye for you? I'm probably with you on goodbye, although I would be interested to see what his role would be under a different coach. Sure. Sometimes, you know, a different coach unlocks something in you. Um, I remember, I mean, this is kind of, this is not the greatest comparison, but I, I remember when the Raptors switched coaches back in the, in the um, 90s. Mm -hmm. I think who, someone, who is it that basically unlocked Alvin Williams? Because he wasn't playing before, and then he was a lot. Lenny Latin Wilkins League. sounds yeah. like, or Butch Carter, one of the two. Yeah, yeah one of the two. And then he ended up being, and then he ended up being a starter for a few years. And I'm not saying that Malachi's <laughs> going to be a, a starting point guard or anything, but sometimes different philosophies just unlock different things in different players. So I want to see what Malachi would look like under a different coach. And then I guess, I guess I'm giving him like th that last rope to just to see, mm -hmm. but. From this standpoint, based on what I've already seen, I would put him in the goodbye pile. Yeah, and look, I think there's a chance he's back because like, I don't really see... I know there's this sort of yeah. idea of like, oh, do you use Flynn as a trade piece this summer? Like, I don't think any team is jumping on like at the opportunity to trade for malachi flynn going into the final year of his rookie deal um right. like I, if i'm a team just put like this scenario out like 
some team you call up and say, hey, give us one of your second round picks. We'll give you Malachi Flynn. I'd almost just rather use that second round pick on someone who probably has higher upside at this point than Malachi Flynn. I I know I've kind of come off harsh with this one, but I just, (laughs) I don't see it, man. And it's a bummer because like he didn't do anything wrong. He got drafted at a weird time, obviously. The, uh, you know, the team wasn't really suited to his strengths. But at this point, you're not changing the way you play to suit Malachi Flynn's strengths. And there's never going to be a situation, in my estimation, where he is the guy on the floor who you want things flowing through. There's always going to be a Fred on the floor or a Pascal or a Scotty. I'd even rather a Gary Trent Jr. run a pick and roll because he can actually pull up and score. He's not going to play make, but he can pull up and score. And I just, it doesn't really seem like it's ever going to happen here. Maybe he finds a home with another team. I don't see it with the Raptors and it's a bummer. And ultimately it comes down to like, he's got to hit shots and he's never hit shots. You want to know his career high true shooting percentage, Jamar? No. Career high. 55? Uh, 48.8. Oh. Bad. Like, it's it's like worst in the league level bad. His career average two shooting percentage, 48.4. Like, that was what he had back in the, his rookie season when he even won a rookie of the month. Like, he's never been able to convert and hit shots, and that's what he's going to have to do on this team, and I just don't see it happening at this point. And it's a bummer. I don't, I'm not happy about it. I sure wish he was Desmond Bain, no, not Malachi Flynn. Um, but, you know, I'm not mad about that. I'll never stop being mad about that. It's all good. Um, <laughs> let's uh, move on. We're going to go on the other side, get into Jeff Doughton Jr., I think a point guard who stands a bit of a better chance of offering something to the team next season because he has a standout skill. A couple other guys as well we'll get to shortly here. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With the eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that a part's going to fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply and we continue on part two of the podcast here thanks as always to the everyday listeners drop it in if you are an everydayer of the show let us know in the comments so we know and uh so we can try to get you some help i'm very very sorry that you've decided to do this every day to yourselves but uh, i appreciate it um let's uh carry on here shall we jamar jeff Doughton jr guy who uh, was a cause of a lot of uh, anger, debate this season, of course, end of the year, did not get his two-way contract converted, could not play in the plane. I don't think that changed their fortunes all that much unless he was going to come in and shoot 100% from the free throw line on high volume. (laughs) That was clearly the thing that they needed in that game. Um, You know, on-ball defense, I think, is the sort of standout skill I talked about before that gives him a shot here. Where are you at with Jeff Doughton Jr., who the Raptors have RFA rights on and who Masai Ujiri did say that they hope to bring back? back at his end of season presser uh where you at with jeff Doughton? bench guy or goodbye that's exactly what i was going to bring up i was like messiah basically answered this question <laughs> saying that he's going to be a part of this team's future sure. uh, there was times where um and nurse complimented his defense a lot there is times where they were comfortable with sticking Doughton on the best perimeter player um, I still think there were he didn't he didn't show that much offensively. I but mm-hmm. just watching him in the G League, you know, 
he has a he has a pull up mid range game, but we didn't really see that in the, at the NBA level. Uh, I, I feel once he gets more comfortable, you know, he'll provide that kind of stuff offensively. Uh, three point shooting, that's probably going to be something he has to work on. Another guy I'm excited to see in summer league once they get everything worked out, and. Yeah, I, once again, another guy, I wanted to see what his role would be with a different coach. And there's mm-hmm. going to be obviously so much, there's so much roster questions. So from a depth chart perspective, we, we're not really sure. But I, I think the biggest gripe of fans this season was, okay, so he had his 50 game limit as a two-way guy. And mm-hmm. I believe half the game, at least half the games he was eligible and he didn't suit up at all. So he played 25. Yeah, exactly. Half. So (laughs) it was just basically wasting eligibility. (laughs) So that, uh, yeah, because it felt like I'm not even sure they were aware until the very end because it just felt like something that crept up on, on, on the Raptors where it's like all of a sudden it was like under 10 games. It's like, okay, uh, we have to pick and choose now. (laughs) I don't know. It was kind of weird, but yeah, Another guy I'm interested in seeing him develop, and I, I, I think I think this might be a good one, so we'll see. Yeah, for me, I think he's a bench guy. I would probably advise against, like, sky-high expectations for yeah, Jeff Dabbin. Yeah, for sure. He's going to be sure. 27 in six days. Like, you know, not to say you can't develop later in your career. It happens for sure. But, like, history suggests you get to 27 – you're a kind of a fringe NBA prospect, NBA guy. You know, right. th- there's only so much upside there. That said, like I said, I think his on-ball defense is like a legitimate. That is a skill that pops, stands out on the screen. It makes him a viable basketball player and something you can lean into and use as a thing to make him I- into a rotation guy. I don't think you can go into next year as with him as your backup point guard. I think yeah, as like a not. third point guard option who you can bring in in a pinch if a guy is crushing you at the point of attack, absolutely. But I don't think he's flashed enough NBA-level offensive chops to just be like, all right, yeah, go run the second unit. I, I just don't yeah. think that's there. Honestly, he's almost more shooting guard than point guard when it comes to like his on-court impact when he's out there. Um, you know, Obviously, you mentioned the three-point shooting. He's a 24% career shooter and... 34 NBA games, so a teensy-weensy sample here. Um, was obviously very good, basically in every facet in the G League and crushed it in Summer League last year. There's clearly talent there. It's Does the talent translate to the NBA? This is what we get a lot with a lot of G League guys, right? Guys mm-hmm. who just d- destroy the G League, like the guy we're going to talk about next, but who just can't quite translate that to NBA success because there is a very clear jump in, in terms of just like quality of competition, all that stuff. That said... $1.7 million qualifying offer. I think he should be back and should be, you know, 13th, 14th man material. But as a 13th, 14th man, you could do a whole lot worse than Jeff Doughton Jr. is uh, is what I'd say there. Um, let's talk Delano Banton, shall we? Okay. This is going to be, I think, probably a bit of a, a contentious one among the fan base. I know he's beloved. I know he's in the Bay commercials with Pascal Siakam. I know everyone loves that he takes the bus and has a, 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 like a, a presto card, all of that. I kind of think it's a good buy for Delano Banton. I don't really see it here. I'll tell you why. I think that in a sec, but I'm curious. Where are you at with Delano Banton? Uh, yeah, that. Mm. <laughs> so this would be entering his third season. Mm-hmm. And I think I would keep him around. So I think this might be the first one we disagree on just sure. for the sole fact of he's only been here 
two seasons. Now, this last season was weird because uh, from all accounts, you know, he was playing a lot of international ball. It looked like he was improving. He had mm-hmm. a good he had a good preseason where it was like, okay, is he ready to take that next step up the depth chart? And then he really faded out of the picture as the season went along. He had a lingering injury as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the Detroit, the game in Detroit, where I think he had his career high. I, think, I believe it was 27 points or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But the glaring issues are still there. If it's not some quick hitting thing in transition, uh, the half court execution is a huge question mark. The shooting is a huge question mark. So that I think more than anybody on this roster currently he really needs to take a huge developmental step this summer. Mm. And I want to, I, I don't want to just see highlights of him, you know, you know, pushing the pace and transition and scoring. I've seen that the <laughs> last two years. It's more how he is going to operate in the half court because he's another kind of combo guard where it's like, you're not exactly sure where to put him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think more than anybody, another person I expect in summer league, but uh, and more than anybody, I want to see how, you know, what steps Benton's taken toward his development, but mm-hmm. I'm going to give him another year in terms of uh, staying or going. Yeah. Look, I, I admittedly am probably a little quick to cut bait on like end of roster guys, just because I kind of think, you know what are we why why what are we wasting time here for in a lot of cases right. like you know try right. to doesn't work there's a million guys who are on the fringe of the NBA who can probably take that spot maybe fit better mm-hmm. and that's ultimately where I am with Ben I think he just he's not shown a capacity to do role player things he can't really play off the ball he yeah there's been the odd flourish of like oh look at that cut there that's nice but like for the most part he walks the ball up the floor passes it off to someone because he can't get a set, an advantage you know, on mm-hmm. his own and then kind of disappears from the possession. In transition, incredible. Love it. Yeah. I would love for the Raptors to be less dependent on only having good transition players. Exactly. And I just think if you can take that roster spot and have it be a similar project type player but who brings shooting to the table and role player skills to the table, I think you stand a better chance of getting a legitimate contributor there. I just don't see the pathway to Delano Banton doing the things on the floor that he's best at. And also, I think it's worth noting, like, pretty significant regression in his G League play this year. And look, he's only played 21 G League games, but Mm -hmm. uh, his three-point shooting back in 21-22, 39%, really encouraging over his seven games down there. Um, But this year... 26%. 26%. His career now from the G League, 6.1 attempts a game, 29% from three. Like, yeah. he just doesn't bring the thing this team so badly needs off the bench. And I wonder if maybe it's just time to try to find a different developmental project. It's a $2.2 million qualifying offer for him, more than what you have for Jeff Downton and Ron Harper Jr. at 1.7. Okay. Um, he was out of contract. He's an RFA. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I just... I'm not sure I see it happening with Banton. Right. I know it would be awesome if it did because the passport lines up and the story is great. The Express Bus 45, everyone loves it. But I just don't see where the, the sort of avenue is for him to hop on to end up with regular rotation minutes on this team as it's currently constructed. So and I, I think I'm a goodbye on Delano Banton. I mentioned this before, and yeah. a lot of what's going into my thinking is the fact that we don't know who the hell our coach is. So, That's true, like, yeah. 
Exactly. So we don't even know how we're going to play. So the, the guys like on the fringe, I'm leaning more towards, okay, let's see, as opposed mm-hmm. to like, say, for example, if Nurse was still here, I'd probably say, okay, I, I know what's going to, I know what the story is going to be here. So, you know, you mm-hmm. might as well just, you know, let the, the line go. But because of that unknown, that's why I, I'm like, okay, let's just keep it one more year and see what happens. But yeah, I, I hear you that. Go either way that. on this one. And look, if you can't, like, they don't have a second round pick right now. So, like, if you can't replace his project developmental spot as, like, the 15th guy on the roster with someone with a little more projectability, then sure, fine. Let's see what you got in year three, Delano. But I, I just, in general, I don't really see it happening here. And that bums me out because he seems like a cool guy and it's a cool story um, mm-hmm. that he's playing for his hometown squad. Uh, we're going to come back on the other side, get into the final four guys here. A um, couple pretty easy ones, I would say. And then one guy who I'm, like, stealthily. Very high on, and he might become just like a dude I hitched my wagon to, much like I did for Justin Champagny, which worked out very well last <laughs> year. We'll get to that coming up in just one sec. Before we get there, however, this show is sponsored by Better Help. It's so easy to get caught up in what everybody else needs from you, and you never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. I have not done therapy myself, but I know plenty of people who have and who have gotten a ton out of it. And it's not even people who have gone through like major trauma. It's just people who need some help, someone to talk to, to get their thoughts out there into the world with someone who's only there to listen to you. And right now, you can go and get yourself started with therapy at BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge if the fit is just right. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, rounding out the show here, Jamar Hines along. Thanks as always to the everyday listeners who've tuned into the show. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to our Tuesday episode with Howard Beck, which was a very fun chat, wide-ranging, sort of outside perspective on what's going on with your Toronto Raptors. Uh, Howard's awesome. Go listen to that show. Okay. Jamar, let's run through final four guys that I have on the list here. Let's start with Otto Porter Jr., shall we? He picked up his option. He is currently slated to be on the team next season. He is a potential salary cap, luxury tax, dodging trade maneuver candidate as well. Uh, but boy, oh boy, how many times this season did you think, what if Otto Porter Jr. was just healthy? How much would that help this Raptors team? Do you even. think there's a world in which he does that than the thing we kind of longed for all season next year hopefully with his toe reattached (laughs) (laughs) just the way you said that uh otto's always had injury history i mean Mm -hmm. i don't think there's been i mean i i don't have the numbers in front of me but just in his eight or so year career there's probably maybe once he played over 75 games i want to take a wild guess so uh, he, uh, au contraire my friend four really? straight years for 2014 15 16 17 oh, 18, so the, the, okay, 74 the 75 80 77 and then yes it all okay so the beginning part of his career okay yes. i was just yeah i was just doing that off rip because i know the last few years he's he's had a lot of injury problems and you know mm-hmm. none worse than this past year but he's a guy he's a guy i think you keep because you know we he's one of the guys when he's healthy that he can shoot the good from yeah. beyond the arc so and it's like it's hard to, to let a guy like that go 
if he's all healthy and good because it would probably piss me off to see him healthy on another team shooting 42% from three <laughs> for $6 million a year. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I, I know he only played it. How many games this year? Three. I want to say eight, eight. Again, Big don't have eight. the numbers. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember seeing him in eight games, but yeah. Uh, he, you keep him, you keep him and, and hope for a better health. I agree. This is like a very low stakes version of the Clippers having to keep Kawhi and Paul George because they have no other best option. Um, Obviously, very different tone and tenor here, but same idea. Like, I think the best option is to just hope, honestly, with Otto Porter Jr. Because the skills he brings to the table would be massively important. Imagine... I, I talked yesterday a couple days ago about like if Precious Achua had been more reliable down the season, you put him in to close that play-in game against the Bulls when Yak was kind of getting spread out and how different things could have been. Gary Trent Jr. obviously was not up to snuff in that game. You have Otto Porter Jr. closing that game, things are probably different, right? Like it's Fred, OG, Otto, Siakam, Barnes as a lineup is like a small ball look to close. Otto rebounds, he shoots like that. It's something to grow on, I think, and, and think about as far as like evaluating what he is for next year. I'm going bench guy as well. Uh, not ready to yet say goodbye to Otto Porter Jr. And part of it is because the few games where he played, I was like, oh yeah, this makes perfect sense. One of those games took place, by the way, against the Houston Rockets way back in early November. I was at this game, and it was the high point of my time watching this other guy, Thad Young, who... One of my favorite games of the season was that Rockets game because it was Thad and Otto being old and wise and helping the Raptors win a game in which they played horribly without Pascal Siakam against a very bad Rockets team. It was those two dudes who really drove the bus, and kind of that was it for Thad Young this year. Um, feels like a good buy. He's got a non not sorry partially guaranteed deal for next year. He can get waived in the offseason to save them quite a bit of money, um, considering where they're at. Tax-wise, I would imagine that's what's going to happen with him unless he gets traded before the draft in some sort of salary-matching situation. Uh, where are you at with that, young bench guy or goodbye? As much as I wish it were bench guy, it feels like the latter, no? Yeah. No yeah. more, what was the nickname? Daddy Daddy or something like that? Yeah, big, 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 Okay. It's all good. Big bad voodoo fatty. That's that's a uh, based off the the band, of course. Uh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, and honestly, I would the few minutes that he got because you know down the stretch he basically got no minutes at all. I would mm-hmm. want to see that go to a younger person who's developing. And yeah. from that's perspective, with this Raptors team not really having a pick direction still. I wouldn't see why he wouldn't want to be a, on a contending team, and just he might honestly like retire too, right? Like, yeah, he's 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 long in the tooth. That's what we loved that's about Thad true. Young. It was like the wisdom he brought to the table. It sounded like everything Precious Achua said at the end of the twenty one twenty two season was, "Wow, Thad Young is really helping me figure my stuff out. This is great." So I think there was value to having him. Also, never forget he dropped a future MVP in a playoff game with a pull-up mid-ranger and crossover. Never forget about that. That's Joel probably Embiid. the moment for me. Yeah. <laughs> Not from this season, obviously, but yeah, yeah, that's probably the moment for me. 
Yeah, that was a good one. We'll miss you, Thad Young. Uh, it was a shame it didn't quite line up this year. And it didn't quite feel as though there weren't the same stories and fluff pieces about his wisdom being imparted as there were at the end of his first half season with the Raptors. Well, so. that's because we're angry about the first round pick that we lost. Yeah. Well, again, they dropped 12 <laughs> spots in the around. draft. I know. And they might have just taken Christian Coloco at 21 anyway. So, like, I, I don't know. I can't get too upset about it. Um, let's go to the final two guys, shall we? Joe Wieskamp. Sure. He's there. Uh, he played, I think, the worst stretch of minutes I've ever seen a Toronto Raptor play. It was in that Cleveland game. I was at that game as well in Cleveland where he came in for like five minutes and like airballed a couple threes, was just like, you're supposed to be the three-point ace here, man. What's going on? Obviously, everyone got upset that he was the guy on the team down the stretch of the season and not uh, uh, Jeff Doughton Jr., who we spoke about before. Where you have with Joe Wieskamp. It seems like he should be a good buy, but also maybe the team values him as a bench guy based on the deal they gave him. Where are you at with Wheezy? Another supposedly shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember the game against Minnesota. I think that was his first game where he made all of his threes. I was like, hey, we might have something here. I remember Fred complimenting him after that game. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to lean in the boat of just keeping shooters because we don't have them. Mm-hmm. So, sure. you know, keep shooters. Uh, give him a few more Give him a few more opportunities because he didn't really get many that Minnesota game was the best he looked, and then it was kind of downhill after that. And we, we let him go, then we brought him back. So, yeah, you just keep shooting. My prediction for Wee's camp is he comes to camp and gets Freddie gillespie in camp and That's doesn't fair. actually make the team. That's but fair. I think I he'll be there that. fighting for a job for sure. Uh, let's go to the last guy here, and it's a guy who I think I kind of love, Jamar. Okay. Ron Harper Jr., Bench guy to me. I think, one, simply his bench celebrations were like the best vibes thing happening on the team all season long. That can't count for nothing. But also, (laughs) like, I kind of like his game. He is, like, constantly overcoming his lack of athleticism because he's smart. And he's, like, I don't know, obviously, like, son of a former NBA player, son of a former NBA champion point guard. Like, I feel like there's got to be some sort of baked-in wisdom that comes from that, just, you know, by osmosis. And he does role player things. He'll take threes. He shot 36% on threes this year with the G League. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's a connective player. I think he's a good passer. He's also big and sort of, you know, he's a little bit slow as a defender, but I think his size can play. He's like 6'6". Six, six. If he's a two guard, like, I can kind of see that. I think I like Big Ron. Uh, where are you at with Ron Harper here, Jamar? I-, I might be a little too high on him, but same as Doubt, and they have his RFA rights, $1.7 million qualifying offer. Uh, I think there's something there with Ron Harper Jr. To, that's worth keeping around a little longer because he does precisely what the Raptors need, which is low-usage role-players stuff. And he did that even in the G League, which I think is always kind of an encouraging thing as well. Uh, where are you at with Ron Harper Jr.? So for this, I'm going to lean on you and buy what you're selling because I only saw a handful <laughs> of games from Harper in the G League. And obviously, we you know, the only time he came in on an NBA level was basically during garbage time. So yeah. we didn't really see how that can translate to the NBA. But, you know, since you, since you uh, see all those um, tangibles in him, I, I might as well jump on that bandwagon and, and with you and see what, see what happens. I should be a salesman or something. I uh, <laughs> picked the wrong vocation. Yeah, I, I'm a, again, am I like expecting Ron Harper Jr. to be like a six man of the year contender next season? No, but do I think he can be one of those developmental pipeline success stories? Absolutely. And I think it's because he just like very clearly, much like Christian Coloco, knows where to stand and knows how to do role player stuff, which I think is what they badly, badly have needed on this team for a little while. Um, 
let's uh, wrap it there. We're not going to talk about Will Barton because I can't imagine Will Barton's going to be back. And I don't think anyone really wants that necessarily outside of that one game where he hit all of his threes. Kind of a rough go of it for Will Barton down the stretch. That's yeah. fine. He will be a Raptors guy for the rest of time in infamy. Um, but with that, Jamar, we'll leave it there. Do you have anything you'd like to promote for the good people out there? Uh, nothing going on for me at Raptors Republic right now, but you can follow me on my Twitter handle, JamarBH. You know, I, I'm all Nuggets fandom it. just oozing out yeah. over on the, the, the Twitter yeah. handle from Jamar, which I love. We're, this is also an officially Nuggets, pro Nuggets podcast, it should be said. That's the official <laughs> party line is we want the Nuggets to win the title. And it's not because I realized uh, that I forgot that I I'd put down money on them to win the title at the start of the season. And I stand to win like a decent chunk of change if they do. The okay. only bet I made all year. Very good at it, apparently. Um, I got to say, they win. <laughs> I got to say their social team needs to like, they did the uh, Evan Mobley, our rookie of the year, our MVP. They, they posted mm. that with the stop, stop. That's pretty Any corny, team, yeah. okay, any team that their players are running runner up for any award, do not post a highlight vid and be like our fill in the blank of the award. It mm-hmm. just comes off as extremely lame, especially in Jokic's case where he just won to trade MVPs. So it's like and he clearly doesn't care that and much. And he doesn't like, care. You, yeah. You're like, campaigning it's ridiculous. Where he is. Like yeah. he forgot where he left one of his MVP trophies. <laughs> so like, it's in a stable stop. in Serbia so, somewhere. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's end of podcast rants, but it's just like it, it, no. it embarrassed me as someone who, you know, cheers for the Nuggets. It, it embarrassed yeah. me. That's all. And the thing Nikola Jokic can also rest on is he's never been dropped by a Thad Young crossover in a playoff series. <laughs> Joel Embiid has. Maybe we bring Thad Young back, actually, uh, just on the strength of that one play alone. We'll <laughs> leave it there. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day, listening every day, and uh, supporting the show all along the way. Again, plenty of off-season stuff still to come. Vivek Jacob will be on tomorrow, and uh, I'm excited to chat with him. It's been a little while as he's uh, had his schedule flip- flipped around this week, but uh, looking forward to a wide-ranging chat, I'm sure, about a topic that I will determine in the next few hours and then text Big V about before tomorrow's show. You have that to look forward to. Again, go listen to the previous episodes this week. Yesterday did a mailbag with Katie. That was super fun. Howard Beck on Tuesday. Precious and Boucher season recap on Monday. Go and uh, support all that. Subscribe on YouTube. Join the Discord. And we will talk to you again on Friday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks for hanging. 